Welcome to Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now let's get into our bonus episode with Valerie Elliott Shepard. I think so many mothers are so worried about hurting their child, not not physically, of course, that's the possibility, but I'm mm-hmm. talking about hurting their psyche. Mm-hmm. They're so worried about it that they won't be firm. Right. And a child needs that understanding of hearing the mama or the daddy being firm. Today we're going to talk about training toddlers with Valerie Shepard. Now, we all want well-behaved kids, and training needs to begin at a young age. Valerie was the only daughter of missionary parents, Elizabeth and Jim Elliott. They were missionaries to the Quechua Indians of the Amazon jungle. Valerie attended and graduated from Wheaton College in 1976 with a bachelor's in arts in English literature. She has spent 42 years being a pastor's wife, raising eight children, homeschooling, and teaching Bible studies. They now have eight grandchildren, and their adult children now live in California to the United Kingdom. Valerie, welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Sure. Now, as a mom of eight children, I know you're going to have a lot of gem nuggets to share. Toddlers will test your buttons whenever they can, and they'll just keep trying, right? That's right. (laughs) So how do you suggest we help these little tots to behave at home and in public? The best thing I know, and of course, I'm not, I was not a perfect parent and nobody is. God is our perfect parent. Mm -hmm. The best thing I know is to practice using a low, quiet, and firm voice. And when a child will not lie down because you want them to take a nap or to go to sleep at night, I believe you should put your hand on their back Mm -hmm. and you should just firmly hold them down, even if they're screaming, and just say, no, it is not time to get up. It's not time to scream. It is time to go to sleep. And then sometimes I would, well, yes, I usually prayed right away, even if they were screaming. Mm. I would hold my hand on their back, just firmly saying, mama wants you to go to sleep now. Now, they, of course, they don't know those words yet. Some of them do, some of them yeah. don't, but they, but they do know your voice of authority. I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing that children need to hear from their parents, besides, of course, loving words and helpful words and sweet words. Of course, they need that. But they need to know that you are in charge and that they are not. Well, that's very interesting when you said you would put your hands on your back and be firm, even though they're screaming and kicking. Obviously, when they are little toddlers, they are more mobile and they can jump and fight and kick. What do you do? (laughs) Do you still put your hand firmly and not move them, even though they're moving you and kicking you? I would. Um, now some parents would say they should not be spanked if they're kicking and screaming. I would say, I believe they should be spanked just firmly once or twice. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there's of course a lot of controversy about that, but I believe Bible in Proverbs is correct. Of course, I believe that the rod 
not using the rod spoils the child. And when yeah. I say rod, I used a paint stick, those thin sticks you paint, you stir paint with. Uh-huh. I I just had to say sometimes, Mama has to spank you because you're not obeying me. And especially if they're really throwing a fit. Now, if they're just crying with a kind of despair or sadness because you're making them stay and they're not kicking, you know, some children are, of course, much more persevering than other children. Mm-hmm. And the more persevering children are, of course, the more difficult ones. But I would say, and I'm asking the Lord for wisdom and how to say it, it is so important to be consistently firm to mm-hmm. help the child understand that you are their authority, whether it's mm-hmm. your husband or you, or just as a single mom, just you. Mm-hmm. And my mother had to do that with me, and I was a pretty compliant child. So she did not have trouble, but she also started out with me as a tiny baby, just firmly saying to me, no. You can't do that. So I think so many mothers are so worried about hurting their child, not not physically, of course, that's the possibility, but I'm mm-hmm. talking about hurting their psyche. Mm-hmm. They're so worried about it that they won't be firm. Right. And a child needs that understanding of hearing the mama or the daddy being firm. They need right. it. Right. Give them security, even though they don't like it. So the more persevering you are in teaching them that they must obey. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the very, I sent you the email about the very beginning of, of them crawling around and touching things that they shouldn't touch. Mm-hmm. You have to show them that there are things allowed to be played with and there are things that are not allowed. And I don't really agree that a child has to be, that a home has to be completely childproofed. Right. So those two things, um, putting them to bed, having them eat some food that you believe is the best food for them and not changing the food every mm-hmm. time they start fussing. Mm-hmm. Because if you change the food, then they think, well, I can always get something better. Right. So just being firm about what you know is the best for them. And that's with sleep. Now, if the child cannot go to sleep, then I would just say, if you're not going to spank them, you know, that firm quack on the back of the leg, mm-hmm. nothing, no beating. I don't believe, of course, in beating. I don't believe in hurting them terribly. I just mean a little smack that makes them realize you mean what you say. Yeah. And I would say, firmly saying, mama's going to pray that you can go to sleep. And if you can't go to sleep, then you will stay in your crib until mama comes to get you. And it is just simply a matter of sticking to your word. Whatever you decide is the best amount of time. You know, some people would say, make the child stay in there for 30 minutes. And if they're still screaming after 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. go back in and say, now, mama's not going to get you out of the crib because you're screaming. Mm -hmm. I will get you out of the crib when you have stopped screaming and when you're being quiet and playing by yourself. You can play in your crib. Here are some of your toys. Here are some of your books, but we're not going to get you out because you're screaming. Again, if they're getting their way because they want to get out, then they're beginning to rule. Right. (laughs) It is so important for parents to understand their position as the authority over children. And of course, because we have a loving father who disciplines us for our good, we have to model that to our children. Mm-hmm. 
we're not going to be mean and horrible to them. But we're going to be simply firm and we stick to our guns. <laughs> That's not the right word. Right. <laughs> we persevere. We persevere at it. And I really think it doesn't take more than three to four days mm-hmm. continuously saying firmly, mama wants you to obey. You have to do what mama says or daddy says. It takes three to four days. And I mm-hmm. would say there are some children that may push a little bit longer than that. But right. my youngest daughter was the most persevering. I have four out of the eight that were all quite willful. <laughs> but I would say probably my second born and my youngest were the most difficult because they really pushed and pushed and pushed to get their way. And I'm not naturally a persevering person. Mm -hmm. I had to ask God, especially when I was training my youngest to stay in bed after I'd weaned her in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. to stay in bed and not be brought to my bed. Because of course, as I knew she was my last one, I, my husband had said, we're not having any more after eight. (laughs) I had been a little more relaxed with her and letting her nurse and, uh, be in my bed at at about 15, 16 months. But at 16 months, I decided, okay, I'm weaning her. No more bedtime, no more time with us in bed. Yeah. Of course, I would fall asleep usually nursing her. And then I'd wake up in a little while and put her in her bed. But I decided that had to stop. So as I said, I was a little more lenient with her. Um, The other ones, I nursed all of them till they were at least 12 to 13 months old. And I, I worked at weaning them between 13 to 15 months. So anyway, I, I really do remember very specifically um, going in to talk to Sarah and to say, you cannot scream. You mm-hmm. have to sweetly go to sleep. Mama can give you some water, but I'm not giving you anything else. And she screamed for three nights in a row. And when mm-hmm. she screamed, I would spank her, give her a swat with that rod. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to you know, shock people who don't believe in spanking. I just want to say, you have to figure out some way of showing them your meaning what you're saying. Right. So I, on the third night, it might've been, yeah, it was probably the third night. I just put my head down on the crib wall, uh, crib gate. And I just said, Lord, to myself, I mean, in quiet, I said, Lord, this isn't working. Again, having my first experience, well, not my first, but having this experience with a child that was so determined. Yeah. Um, And it had been quite a while since my second born, of course. And so I just said, Lord, what do I do? Do I keep on spanking or is there another way to train her? And do you know, I truly believe the Holy Spirit reminded me of that verse in Hebrews 12. All discipline for the moment seems painful. Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And that absolutely assured me that I had to give her another spank on the back of the leg, hold my hand on her back firmly and saying, you're going to sleep. Mama will give you water, but nothing else. You're staying in your bed. It took one more night of doing that. And she never woke up again after that. Now, you said that, you know, she was very, very persevering, especially in the middle of the night. If, you know, how many times was she getting up? How many times did you have? Oh, only once. No, she was only once getting up because it had been the habit to wake up for a nursing. Mm, Got it. She usually went to bed by 7 or 730. And then she was awake around 2 to be fed. And so I had decided 
to, that was probably her last nursing. You know, I had, I had slowly cut out the other ones during the day. Yeah. I might have had her bedtime nursing and then I might have had the two o'clock nursing. One of those, uh, probably the, the bedtime nursing uh, was the next to last to go. And then the middle of the night feeding was the last, very last. And so that's what I was determined. And I, again, I had to ask God to help me be as determined as I should be for her sake so that she would understand I wasn't going to give in to her. Mm-hmm. But the time that she got up that one time and not wanting to go back to sleep, fighting to go back to sleep, yeah. how yeah. long did that take? Do you mean that particular hour or do you mean each that night? Particular, that particular hour, hour of oh, that I think night. It, yeah, I think it usually took um, 10 to 20 minutes. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's not very long. Well, I, I think she <laughs> she would just... You know, she'd try as long as she could and realize I wasn't going to change my mind. So as I said, it took three nights and then my prayer and God reminding me of that all discipline for the moment. And then the next night she did it again. But I went and I said, Sarah, I'm not letting you get up. You may have some water, but you have to go back to sleep. And she did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I just felt I I felt that God was just he was assuring me. Mm hmm that the discipline was good and right. Mm -hmm. And that of course I didn't need to wake up every night for her um, Mm -hmm. because I knew it was time to wean her. I know that a lot of moms will nurse them longer and that's fine. That's totally up to each mom. But I felt like she was just old enough that she didn't have to nurse anymore. Um, I I do know of a mom who kept on nursing a baby till he was three to somewhere between three and four. And and it was so obvious that he was so demanding yeah. of his mother because the older they get, the more they just think, well, I just want some comfort right now and right. lift up the mother's shirt. And I just don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell, let me tell you a funny story um, about spanking. I had to spank my daughter twice this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, after that, she said to me, mommy, kiss it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a hurt place, right? Yes, yes. What do you, I said, I am not kissing it. I said, You lied to mommy. Mommy said, I will spank you. You yeah. didn't listen and yeah. you didn't obey mommy. I am not right. kissing it. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she yeah. said, Mommy, kiss it. Yeah. I said, No. <laughs> well, we laugh, but at the time that that happens, you know, our hearts kind of break because we want to be really tender and compassionate with them. But it is so important just to stay, say, I think you were right. I think you were right, Sharon. Um, Just staying consistent, saying, no, this is a spank because you disobeyed me. Right. And so there are lots of times when I can give you a kiss on your arm, a kiss on your leg, a kiss on your face. But this is the time when you have to understand Mama meant what she said when she gave you a spanking. You're not allowed to lie to me. You're not allowed to disobey. So it's just, I think so many moms are just so afraid to be that firm. And yeah. I don't think we're going to hurt. Now, here, my, my youngest daughter is here at the house with us because she's been in med school. And because of COVID, rotations kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about training children and she totally agrees with me that mm-hmm. you have to be firm or else kids will start ruling the roost. Right. <laughs> they really do. They take over if you let them have their way. Right. 
I know and, there there were moments of times when I just had her. My husband would always remind me, "You're the parent. She's not." Yes, you're mm-hmm. right. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I had to be reminded of that even with my second born who was difficult. I remember saying one day, I am the mother and I can say this to her. I am the mother. No, you may not have what you want. And she was almost seven or eight years old when I started saying to her, I am the mother. Mm -hmm. You are not in charge, Elizabeth. I am the mother. (laughs) (laughs) It just gave me more strength to say that. So, you know, apart from being firm, speaking in a low, quiet voice, what are some other effective tactics we can implement to train up our toddlers? Mm -hmm. Well, this whole idea of quiet time, uh, when she's, you said your daughter doesn't want to go down for a nap and Mm -hmm. she's wide awake. um, I think the training comes in that continuous attempt to say this is a quiet time this is when you're going to play by yourself and you can't call mama Uh, they they may understand depends on the age they may understand about the word emergency but you just you just um, make sure they have something I used to do 45 minutes sometimes an hour Mm -hmm. my daughter actually did her quiet times my daughter Elizabeth has four and she had her quiet times for an hour and a half to two hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's great. Um, she expected them to play by themselves. I think I was a little bit more lenient as to the time of the, of the quiet time. I always have had to take a 10-minute nap. So I would do that first as soon as I got them down for their nap. I, I went right. took a 10-minute nap. Then I was up for the rest of the time while they had their quiet time. And so I just think it's important for them to realize that they're not going to be entertained all day, that this is a rest time. And as Mm -hmm. they get older and they really are not sleeping at all, I just tell them to, they can color, they can look at books, they can talk to God, Mm -hmm. they can sing. Um, Sometimes you might have them listen to music, which is fine. I just made sure that my children weren't making too much noise. Mm -hmm. They had to basically do quiet type things. And one time my daughter, uh, my two older daughters who were, they're, they're not the older daughters of the, of the five daughters I have. They're actually the younger two. But anyway, they were probably about eight and 10 and they were having their quiet time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had finished my nap and my daughter came with about two minutes left on the timer. And I kept the timer in my room. Mm-hmm. Uh, said, Mama, is quiet time over yet? And I said, no, you've got two more minutes. So just go back to your room. But she said, well, Colleen is outside. And I said, oh, we'll tell her to come back inside. The quiet time is not quite finished. So I heard her go to the front door and she said, Colleen, it's time to stop talking to God now. (laughs) she She was perfectly serious because I had always said if they couldn't think of anything to do, they could just lie on their beds and talk to God. Right. I just said that because I figured, well, you know, who knows what Right. They might be able to communicate with God, even if even if they have no clue what I mean by that. You know, it's just you know we have a course family prayer time, and everybody gets a chance to pray. And so I just laughed because, of course, Colleen was not allowed to go outside before the quiet time was over. Mm-hmm. The fact that Evangeline very seriously said, "Colleen, you're supposed to come inside. It's time to. It's almost time to stop talking to God," which means she <laughs> knew that the quiet time was almost over. But Mama told you to come in, so. It's just, I just think, again, the decision with, of the parents, and again, the parents have to be in agreement or else the children are 
at wit's end. I mean, they're tossed back and forth. Mm-hmm. Who, who am I going to get to get my way? Right. Um, so decide on an hour, decide on what you're going to allow them to do in that hour and be firm with it. And I mean, if there's a way to even lock the door from the outside, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really absolutely necessary. But of course, if they're if they're crying and there's something that had fallen or gotten, they got hurt, you know, of course you mm-hmm. go inside and you just see what's going on, but you really leave them to themselves, their own imagination. God has given them a great mind to creatively play. And I wouldn't allow screen time. I would not. Right. There's way too much of that. And children's minds don't develop well when they see too much screen time. So mm-hmm. I just think books and coloring is just fine. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, there are some, some tots that who can't be a little bit more demanding and they can be really loud. How can we train them up to soften their voices and to be a little bit more gentle? Keep using a soft voice yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I always acted out the way that I wanted them to behave and the Mm -hmm. way that I didn't want them to behave. So I would try to take moments when they were in happy, playful moods when they were they were happy. They weren't demanding anything from me. And I would say, we're going to learn what I mean by house voice or a voice that we use in the home that we don't want to hear with in the shopping mall. We don't want to hear it in the car. We don't want to hear it here at the house. Mm-hmm. When you're outside and playing, you can yell happily, but inside we don't yell. We, and, and usually the yelling comes from their demanding their own way. Right. Um, but I would just, I would practice it with them. I'd say, this is the way you can play. This is the voice you can use, but then a yelling or a screaming of course is not allowed. And I would say, if you're going to scream at your sister or scream at your mama or daddy, that I'm going to have to give you a spank. I used to, I, we changed from spanking on the hand. We'd have them open their palm and we'd take that uh, stick Mm-hmm. And get a whack on the hand, and of course, it smarted, but it wasn't a beating at all. Um, mm-hmm. Then we changed to spanking on the back of the leg because my husband felt like our hands are to be always showing them uh, gentleness and and love and kindness, and it's mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to help the child understand these same hands will also punish. I wasn't sure I completely agreed with that, but yeah. I of course submitted to my husband, and we. From then on, spanked on the back of the leg, and and I mean the pants would be pulled down, not not the underwear. I just just use if it was long pants, I'd pull yeah. them down so they could just feel that smart. Yeah, and it was a simple and quick thing. It was not long and drawn out. Um, it, it, and it, if they hurt, you know, some children are so proud they're not going to show that they hurt. Right. And that's the way my youngest was. Um, I had to take her. I always took my children into the bathroom to discipline them. I didn't do it in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to them quietly and seriously about, do you know why mama spanked you? You know, you disobeyed and, or you were disrespectful. And I said, now mama's going to pray that the Lord will help you to be respectful. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to pray. Well, this particular one, she did not want to pray out loud with me. She'd look at me with this kind of pouty face or mad face and say, I'll pray by myself. And, and that was kind of continuous. I really didn't know how to change that because I knew if I forced her to pray, it was just, it was just 
forcing obedience, you know, like, like a tyrant would. And I just said, well, I'm going to ask the Lord to help you to want to pray out loud with me. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, then I expect you to pray in your room. And sometimes I'd send her to her room after, after that discipline time. Um, and I, she remembers as she got a little older, maybe four or five and six, she remembers that I'd send her to a room to think about how she behaved. Mm-hmm. And she said, Mom, I didn't know what I was supposed to think about. <laughs> she, said, she said, you'd send me to my room and tell, tell me, think about it. And I would sit there thinking, what, what am I supposed to think? <laughs> I know. I've had, I've had a moment this week as well where my daughter wasn't supposed to do something. And I told her, I want you to go into your room, sit on your chair. And when you're ready to obey mommy, you're going to come out and tell mommy you you are going to obey mommy. Are you ready to obey mommy? And she goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you give her more time to obey. Exactly. I said, okay, well then you're going to stay in your room. Mommy's going to lock this door. When you're ready to obey, you're going to tell mommy you're going to obey me. That's that's good. No, I think you're very, you're very wise in doing that. Again, they need to see that you're in charge. They need to see that. So I know we were talking a little bit about quiet time earlier. I just want to go back to it a little bit. What happens when they don't want to practice quiet time? It doesn't matter. You Mm -hmm. just, you just still make them have a quiet time. Mm -hmm. They may just have downcast faces and look pouty, but you say, all of us in the house need the quiet time. Right. All of us need to know what it means to sit quietly before God. And you may not see God. I don't see God, but we know that he's with us all the time. So that's why I tell you, you can talk to him. And it's, it is up to you to figure out what you can do to keep yourself entertained. And if you don't want to use the word entertained and just it's up to you to do what you can do in your room without getting into trouble, without hurting. Now, sometimes I had to have, most of the time, I had to have two children per room in their quiet time. Mm. And um, I don't remember ever having any of them hurt each other during quiet time. It was just a matter of trying to keep them quietly playing. And I think listening to a tape, a story was very helpful. Mm. Um, but I just wouldn't, I wouldn't let them say, I don't want to do it anymore. I think you just, you just keep doing it. Right, right. It's part of our own lives. We need time to reflect and they may be too young to understand reflect. That's, mm-hmm. but you know, you need it and you know, you got to get them in the habit of doing that. Right. Yeah. Now we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted to know, is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Well, I would definitely say that mothers and dads need to pray together for their children. Mm -hmm. women need to look to their husbands for leadership. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, because I had a very strong authoritative mother, not a mean mother, but Mm -hmm. a very strong one. And of course, I didn't have a dad till I was 14, my stepdad. She was my authority. And so when I got married, I wasn't thinking, although I knew it by principle, that a woman leaves her family and joins together with her husband and they have a new family unit. I wasn't thinking okay, that means I need to start listening to my husband as my leader. I still would ask my mother for advice and for wisdom. And of course she had wisdom, but she would always say, Val, I only had one child and you were not, you were not much trouble. And mm-hmm. she said, I came from a family of six and we knew we had to obey. And so that's what I would encourage you to keep teaching. But, she's, but she never said to me, I'm sure it wasn't 
it wasn't um, it wasn't a quick response to her to say, ask Walt, what do you think Walt would say? Mm-hmm. Because she hadn't had a husband until she, for 13 years, since my dad had died. So it dawned on me, it, it took a few years, I really don't know, maybe 10 to 12 years before I started realizing I need to look to my husband for his ideas and his thinking on this. And it wasn't that I was calling up my mother every day. We usually yeah. talk once a week. And so I'd tell her our, my troubles, you know, and she might suggest something that she was not, she was not overbearing, but she was strong and her right. words always made sense. Her mm-hmm. words always made sense. But um, I began to switch over to look to my husband and talk to him and also ask him to pray with me. And it took a while for him to really be comfortable praying with me. He always had this feeling like I was trying to be more spiritual than he was if I suggested praying. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's very important for us wives to say to our husbands, I want you to initiate prayer, but if you don't, then I'm going to just ask if we can pray together. Mm-hmm. If you still feel uncomfortable praying with me, then I'm, I'm going to pray with you, but I, I'm not going to force you. Of course, I can't force you. That has to be of the Lord. That right. that so agreeing together to pray has had made a huge difference with my husband and me. And we had two teenagers that caused a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. And it was really in those years that we prayed very seriously and very earnestly together. And it really helped our marriage too. Mm-hmm. So we're very... We're very together. We're, and, and it took a few years for me to really switch over from really expecting my mother to give me advice to looking to my husband for advice. And just, right. just his being the leader instead of my thinking, well, my mother can tell us anything. Right. She'd give us wisdom on anything, which she was usually happy to do. <laughs> right. But it really is important for a couple to sincerely work together to agree on what their children need to learn. And really obedience is, is simple. It's yes or no. And if you say no, then you have to mean it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, for coming on the show. I really appreciate all the gem nuggets you shared with us about training toddlers. You're welcome. You're welcome. God bless you and you're training your daughter. And you too. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.